I'm Julie Podowitz, CEO and founder of Grow Your Occupancy. Our passion is helping senior living providers maximize sales efforts and increase revenue. Join me as I chat with industry leaders who share their tips and strategies, and we'll have some fun along the way. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Grow Your Occupancy podcast. I'm Julie Podowitz, CEO and founder. If you'd like to learn about Grow Your Occupancy and how we support the senior living space, www.growyouroccupancy.com. would love to connect with you. Today, I'd like to welcome Dr. Raquel Muller to the program. Hi, Raquel. Hello, Julie. Thank you for having me. Can I call you Raquel? Yes, ma'am. Absolutely. Okay. okay. May you worked hard for your doctorate. So Dr. Raquel Muller is a trained psychologist, financial educator, coach, and motivational speaker. She harnesses the power of psychology, personal development, spirituality, and financial education to empower others, especially women and Latinos, to pursue their physical, mental, emotional, spiritual, and financial well-being so that they can bring their highest contribution to their families, their communities, and the world. I love that. Dr. Raquel teaches financial education in English and Spanish to individuals and groups, both in person and virtually, and she lives with her family in beautiful Portland, Oregon. Welcome again, Dr. Muller. Thank you. Thank you so much. Well, um, I'm sorry. I uh, talked right over you. I'm so excited to kind of get to know you better. We met briefly a few months ago, and uh, always very, very interested in meeting women in leadership. And I'm curious, what inspired you to become a financial educator, specifically working with women and uh, the Latino market? Yes, thank you. Well, I've, I've always been very passionate about empowering women and I've always wanted to do something to help others, which is what led me to becoming a psychologist. And of course, life takes many turns. So uh, I did start a practice as a psychologist and quickly realized I loved the idea of helping people to grow, to reach their dreams, to develop themselves as human beings. And uh, that promptly led me to the coaching arena. So I made a transition from the therapy world into the coaching world. And as I was doing that, I also became exposed to financial education. And once I got that exposure, I quickly realized, wow, despite having two master's degrees and a PhD, I really know nothing about money. Not only that, but I also felt kind of intimidated by it. I was deferring all of the decisions to my husband because I was kind of scared about it. And I found that a lot of women around me, clients, friends, colleagues, were in that same position. And I thought, you know, this is not something that is serving us. We need to become more involved in the conversation and actually have more conversations about money and kind of demystify it because there's also a lot of taboo around it still. Uh, even amongst ourselves, we tend to talk about all the things 
but money is still one of those pieces that is is uh, not uh, uh, talked about a lot. So that really prompted me to want to bring in women into the conversation and empowering them to know, yes, they can learn about money. Yeah. They can learn and empower themselves around this and, and participate in those decisions. And the same thing with Latinos, you know, I'm, I'm a Latina myself from Panama originally. So I really want to see more Latinos progress. I think every immigrant that comes to this country comes with the dream. And they, you know, in order to accomplish our dreams, it requires money as well. So we need to be, be smart about the decisions that we make in order yeah. to achieve our goals. I love that. And, you know, uh, Raquel, that I think you and I talked briefly about this last time uh, we met, how money, like you said, uh, really empowering women in particular, that it is still in 2023 can still be a little taboo in a way, or women, you know, women still make less than men. We still earn, you know, the, the what is it? 80% to 80%, right. Unless if you're a woman of color. of color, unless you're a woman of color and it's less, right. And uh, why, why is that? Okay. I know that's too big of a question for a 20 minute podcast, but, and, and we, even make, I don't know, subconsciously or what to be made, uh, to be made that, that it's greedy or it's bad, or it's, you know, I love your background, right? There's nothing bad. You don't, you're needing money or wanting money. It doesn't mean you're greedy or materialistic and you don't have to have a castle or, you know, a, you know, a whirlpool spa in your backyard. Money is, uh, you know, your is it can be freedom, it can be autonomy. It's it's we. I have one daughter, and you know, I the one thing I just really want to 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 reassure and, and reinforce with her is be independent. Be independent, financially independent. Doesn't mean you're not going to connect with other people. You're married or not married, but don't ever be, be vulnerable to the point where you don't know, or you don't feel like you couldn't be on your own. Absolutely. 100% agree. I think a lot of women, we put ourselves in that situation. Uh -huh. right? uh, and so it's time to, you know, even when we have wonderful marriages or, you know, wonderful companions, it doesn't mean that, you know, we, we, uh, if we're married or in, in a relationship that we, um, you know, are not happy you know, but it's simply having the ability to participate as an equal in the conversation and having a plan to ensure that our needs are being taken care of, including our financial needs, not only now, but in the future. And um, the reality is that there, you know, everybody has blind spots, right? And even our partners, they may have the best intentions, but they may still have blind spots around uh, some of these issues that, um, I try to bring to awareness that we need to plan for. Um, and like you said, right, with women, especially, I love that we, when we know something, we go and we share it. That we, everybody we touch gets to benefit from the things that we, that we learn. And we, you know, more, more times than not, when we have more money, we're able to give more. We're able to do more for others. Right. Without uh, uh, um, impoverishing ourselves or, 
um, you know, putting ourselves in a, in a uh, well, in a, in a bad spot. And with our children, I think especially, you know, sometimes we want to give, 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 give to our kids, but we're not taking care of ourselves. And that's, I think, a really crucial piece uh, for women, especially mm -hmm. moms. Yeah. And, you know, you're, to your point, you, um, to whatever choices in, in particular women or men make, uh, are, you feel empowered to make those choices, right? You don't have to, um, go go to a job, you know, raising children in a job, you don't have to have an income reciprocal, you know, type of a job, but whatever, wherever your revenue is coming from, you know, if you're married and as well, just be really aware of, right, and be aware of and, and be in sync. And it's okay. You know, it's, I, I feel like we have come a long way of uh, I don't know why, maybe I feel that way from maybe my mom or my grandmother's, my grandma was very involved in the, you know, didn't have a lot, but boy, involved in the finances. So maybe that's just sort of how I grew up, but uh, that sort of don't worry about it, honey, kind mm -hmm. of thing, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, for, you know, especially again, women uh, and, and, you know, minorities in, in particular, uh, you talked about planning uh, and being, you know, helping others. Um, you know, plan for things or be aware of. And we work in many of us in senior living. And what could I ask you? What advice would you give, though, any of any age, but in particular, uh, those who are either working toward that themselves or senior living professionals or those of us that have older adults in our lives? What advice would you give for, for helping them? in their sort of retirement years. Right, well, first of all, I think it starts with having the conversations, not shying away from the conversations about money. And everything takes money. And certainly when we talk about senior living, you know, that it's, it's and, and, and healthcare, it's not inexpensive, especially in the United States. So we need to have a plan in place of, uh, you know, how are we going to meet those needs? So it's having the conversations and, also, I think everyone should be encouraged, and particularly for professionals in the senior living industry, to talk with clients about having a professional uh, in the in financial services that can help educate them first of all, and and guide them on creating a plan that is holistic, that involves all the different what we call the seven money milestones, things like protection, things like uh, adequate cash flow, things like protecting wealth from taxes and inflation, all of these pieces are going to become important. And also things like estate planning. Most people would agree that having an estate plan is a good thing. However, really a small number actually have one and it's not enough to just have a will, right? So it's, uh, uh, you know, talking about is, is there a need for having a trust? For example, uh, advanced directives uh, also, those are the kinds of issues that I think, you know, the, the earlier we start having those conversations with our parents, with our children, depending on where they are, right? If they're uh, uh, young adults, that might be a good time to start having those conversations. Mm -hmm. And so the earlier, the better. Why do you think, it money is so difficult a subject you know even between um partners you know i why 
you know, or, or, or let me give you an example, like maybe like my best friend, I mean, we, we've been best friends for 40 years. They talk about absolutely everything, but I wouldn't dream of asking, so how much money do you have? But I would ask her almost anything else. Why is that, do you think? That is so interesting, right? How we, how we do that. I think part yeah. of it is, you know, the way that we've been uh, socialized, that it's not polite to talk about, you know, like, right, is it they say uh, uh, money, politics, religion, yeah, right. from those. <laughs> and I'm not saying that you need to know how much money people have. But I just, you know, it's, a, it's, a, uh, it's such a taboo subject, maybe. Yeah. And then, and it does that seep into our psyche? And then, oh, absolutely. Right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Especially, this is the kind of stuff that gets passed down generation after generation after generation. And, you know, that combining that with the fact that we are not in schools, we are not taught about money. If money were part of our education system, you know, as a standard practice, I think we would be in a much more comfortable place when it came to talking about money and making decisions around it. Yeah. Plus it's not covered. It's sort of like, ooh, even sex, we can talk about more. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Or, you know, feeling comfortable in a, you know, with friends or, you know, or whatever your comfort level is, but that it is a still uh, taboo, if you will, subject, even among, you know, siblings or, or uh, you know, very close people in our life. It's, it. it it's so fascinating to me why why this might be. Yes. Um, I, you know, about I, it. I was just going to say, work in sales. I mean, we're very much in grow your occupancy and working with sales professionals and growing revenue, right? And then and and working and in the business of senior living, Raquel, it's taken a while and it's still a little like when I speak about uh, you want revenue focused people in these sales seats you want drivers you want people motivated by money put commissions put you know low base high incentives in front of and it's it's still those conversations still like people so uncomfortable it's like oh no 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 you know we really we don't really care about the money we, we care about people you can care about people and care about money at the same time i want somebody in my sales seat, who's motivated by money, because there's yeah. those carrots and those, and you're motivated by other things. And to your point, you can help more people with more revenue. It, it, you can do whatever you want with your money, but it, you know, you can give it to people, you can donate it, you can start funds, you can help your child graduate college without debt, or, you know, yeah. you know help a senior move to senior living, right? You can, it just gives you more options. Exactly. That's what it's about in the end is it's freedom and options. And I think for us uh, uh, women in particular, you know, the money is, is usually not the, the end and it's in itself, right? It, it's not about just making more money for its own sake. It's about what the money can do, what it allows us to do, right. to help our children, to help our uh, elders, to, to travel more perhaps start a business, support a nonprofit or a cause that we're really passionate about, to take time off, to be able to take care of people mm. in, who are important. That all comes from having adequate uh, uh, money. And like you said, it's not that they're mutually exclusive, helping people 
versus having money. And I think for a long time, this is the story that we've been handed down. And I think part of that too, you know, could be, uh, you know, from a religious perspective, I was raised Catholic. And so there was a, a lot of emphasis on being poor is noble. And, you know, you need to focus on, on helping others, you know, so it presents it as, you know, this is an either or kind of proposition, but it, it doesn't have to be that way. Very, so it, very interesting point. Very interesting point. Like you're sacrificing as you know, the material uh, for uh, helping others or, or for sacrificing and giving of yourself or, and you can give so much more to what it, in, in whatever way you want, when you, number one, have taken care of yourself, you're not worried about, am I going to be able to pay my bills? And I've been there. I mean, I've, you know, worked for, it's, it's, it, there's a, such a sense of accomplishment too, when you've literally worked for absolutely every penny <laughs> and, and, and you know, that feeling of uh, empowerment, it really, it's, I mean, it's just an, an incredible uh, incredible accomplishments, right? To whatever, wherever, you know, you want to go and, and grow, but it's that sense of, uh, and not just sense, but like you said, security uh, gives you some, maybe some options. And certainly as we age, uh, you know, what, what this, what's the statistics now, Raquel, that, you know, so many, like the majority of populations of certain age don't have at what is it, five hundred dollars or a thousand dollars, right? Yes, it's a four hundred dollar emergency that right. uh, you know, right. people and probably more since the pandemic. Sure, uh, sure. Have enough to cover a four hundred dollar emergency, which of course you know it, when someone doesn't have money for an emergency, where do they go? To the credit cards, right? Right. right. Have a loan or a payday oh. loan or start liquidating assets in order to pay. Uh, for that emergency. And so having an emergency fund is one of those money milestones. And that's something that is well within our power to do with whatever income that we personally have. It's like, okay, I'm just going to start my emergency fund. Even if, you know, I'm going to start with, you know, $50 a week and, you know, whatever you can do, the point is having it become a, a habit. Yeah. Yeah. And really, you know, I think it's really cool when we do those things too, that our kids get to see it. So they hopefully, uh, they're absorbing everything, right? And it's much more uh, based on what they see us doing rather than what we tell them to do. So, you know, doing those, those practices, which model for them, you know, positive money habits. Mm-hmm. And then also, you know, just talking about it, right? Right, right. Yeah, we, our daughter's a, a college student and she, we had her start a retirement, you know, a Roth. Yes. Wow. Fantastic. She just, she, it's really tough for a 19 year old to wrap her head around Roth. Even like to seven, she's a, she's a, not, not broke. She's broke. She's a broke college kid. Right. So, uh, you know, when you work, you, you know, work at the, the fast food place where you're spending money kind of thing. But, uh, you know, we start somewhere, we start somewhere and she does, I think it's $10 or $20 a month right now. But, you know, the, the gentleman showed her, look, $10 a month or $20 a month now when you're 19, you know, and then $50 a month when you're in your 20s, look at what it does. And that, like you said, it's habits 
it's discipline. It's so much, it's so much more fun to go to Starbucks. And even for me, let alone someone who's 19, you know, then putting that $10 away. Uh, so just along those lines and, and kind of as we um, wrap up today, what is one piece of advice that you would give anyone, um, but particularly uh, women, adults, maybe in their 40s, 50s, uh, who might just be starting out or really struggling in this area? Yeah, I would say start today. And I, I would say the first step is getting educated about how money works um, so that you can understand the basics and not get taken advantage of because people who don't know how money works can easily get taken advantage of by those who do. So it's learning about the basics and then engaging some help. Sit down with a professional who will work in collaboration with with you, not talk over you, but work together with you and work on a plan. Whatever your goals are, whatever your circumstances are currently, formulating a plan that gets you taking action. Those small, simple steps that you can do right now, wherever you're at, to move forward so that you feel like you're more in control of your situation now and building towards a better future. Great. And uh, where, if someone wanted to reach out to you and, and maybe get some advice from you, how's the best way to do that? Fantastic. I have a website. It's called howmoneyworks.com slash Raquel Muller. Howmoneyworks.com slash Raquel Muller. It's perfect. Yeah. Well, thank you again very much, uh, Dr. Raquel Muller, for enlightening us a bit and empowering all of us, especially women and minorities to uh, embrace, you know, em embrace themselves and embrace, uh, you know, be becoming even more empowered and not shying away from money or, you know, revenue or resources. And it was delightful having you on our show. Thank you all for listening to another episode of the Grow Your Occupancy podcast, please share or like or subscribe so others interested in these same topics can find us. Thank you very much. Thank you.